right, let's get into uh, the word tonight, and um, I, I'm we're we're going to kind of combine a little bit tonight. As uh, uh, I may pull in a little bit of what I did not share Sunday morning uh, because of the transition. And let me just say this as we begin to move forward tonight. Uh, if you can be here Sunday, you don't want to miss. Because I was telling the prayer group last night as we were praying uh, that again yesterday morning uh, in my prayer time, the Lord just began to download a, another word for us Sunday. And so I'm telling you, God is moving. And so come expecting Come prepared, come ready to receive, because we're in a moment. And we know that in life of, of the church, you go through some ebbs and tides, you go through some flows, some highs and, and some lows, but we're in a time right now of open heaven, and we're in a time of a portal being open. I believe we're in a moment uh, that, that God is moving in our church. So take every advantage of this time, and let's press in and see what God's going to do. So be here Sunday morning at 1045, and bring somebody uh, with you if at all possible all right take your bibles and turn with me tonight and go with me to the book of john the gospel of john and we're going to be in in john chapter 14 tonight john chapter 14 and i'm going to begin reading at verse number one john chapter 14 Verse number one, if you want to, you can turn in your Bible and kind of put a marker in Jeremiah chapter six, because we're going to be going there if the Lord leads us there in just a little while. But right now, we're just going to start off in the great gospel of John. John is, is uh, you know, you have the four gospels. You've got synoptic gospels. You've got Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are so similar in so many uh, ways as as the Holy Spirit would lead upon them, telling the stories from their their perspectives as the Holy Spirit moves upon them, and then you've got the Gospel of John. Gospel of John um, seems to be a little different than the other three Gospels. In that, the Gospel of John very much, very strongly portrays. Uh, Jesus as the Son of God that He was. And the Gospel of John shares some issues, some uh, truths uh, about Jesus that the others do not cover. And so it's a great book. And John, uh, the Lord just uh, used him in a mighty way. It's, it's my favorite gospel. I guess if you could have a favorite gospel, they're stories of Jesus. So how can you not love all of them, right? Uh, but, but the power that John shares in his word is, is always just been so appealing to me. So John chapter 14, very, very familiar passage of Scripture. But we're going to read verses 1 through 6. John 14, beginning at verse number 1. Um, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is talking about His departure that's coming soon now. He's going to die, be buried, be resurrected, going to ascend uh, to heaven. And, and He's telling them, don't, don't be sorrowful if you believe in God. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. He said, if I go, and he says in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there 
you may be also. How many of you believe Jesus is coming again? Amen. We don't know the day or the hour, but I believe he's returning to catch away his church at any moment. I believe that he is going to appear in the, in the skies. The trumpet's going to sound and the, those that are dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain that are in the Lord are going to be caught up in the air with them. And together we are going to be ushered in to the presence of God for eternity. I also believe that he's coming after that fact to be coming for that second coming that he's going to plant his feet on this earth set up that millennial reign and all things are going to be fulfilled as we know them but here's what we know for certain Jesus said if I go I will return how many would agree he went and so if he went he said we don't have to we don't have to debate about it we don't have to question about We can debate and question about the timing and what all that means. But what we do know is the words of Jesus. He declared to his followers, if I go, I'm going to come again. And so we know that he is coming again. And he tells us to let our hearts not be troubled because he's coming. Verse number four. He says, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, very familiar passage of Scripture that probably nearly everyone in this building and maybe even most of you watching online are going to know. Jesus said to him, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to take that sixth verse tonight, John chapter 14, and I'm going to break that down. And I'm going to talk to you about this concept this evening. This is, if I'm going to give this lesson a title tonight, this is it. No way back, only a way forward. No way back, only a way forward. Now, we, we, the Lord makes an amazing statement in John 14 and verse 6. In fact, this possibly is one of the most strong statements that Jesus makes. In fact, it's probably one of the most controversial statements that Jesus makes while on this earth. Still debated to this day. Because many people will say, well, there are many ways to get to heaven. You, you can't believe that you have the only way. There are many ways. We all have our own path. We all have our own journey. But Jesus takes issue with that. In fact, He is extremely and completely clear on the fact that there is only one way to the Father. Amen? Only one way. And that is through Him. And so therefore, if any person tries to say that they have a pathway to heaven to the Father that does not include Jesus, it's not my words, it's His words that would say that is wrong. 
Amen. Now, we know false religions and other religions would argue and say, well, there are many ways because they want their way to be right. But sadly, in the world we are living in today, there are many in the church who name Jesus as their Savior. I'm not their judge. Only God is their judge. But who would claim to be a part of a church that calls Jesus as their Savior that would argue that there are other ways to heaven. That we can't be so exclusive as to tell everybody that unless they believe and come through Jesus, that then they cannot make it to heaven. But those people are wrong. Because Jesus Himself. See, these people that preach and teach this Jesus that was not decisive, they, they do not read the entire Bible. These, these people that will only talk about this Jesus that just came and just tried to, tried to get along with everybody and just tried to be good, that, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. Amen. That's not Him. Go, you go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and tell me where in the world you can come up with that. The Bible says He went about doing good, healing all, But he also said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came this time to bring division. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to, to believe in me is going to be divisive. So much so that he was crucified because of his claims that people believed and followed. If his claims had not been decisive, people would not have followed him and and they would not have been scared of him in the courts of Rome or in the upper echelons of the Jewish religious system. But it was because specifically that he said the things that he said. He declared to be who he was. In fact, he said openly on many occasions we read in the in the gospel account that who he was the savior of the world who he was the son of god the the one that has come down from the father and here he makes a very bold statement when he says to them i am the way so when thomas said but lord we don't know the way jesus was saying you do know the way because you know me I am the way. There is no other way. Amen. I think we need to be clear about that. I, I'm, I'm all for getting along. We all live in this world. We're to be good to one another. We're to love our neighbors. We're going to share the love of Jesus with everybody we come in contact with. But that does not take away from the fact that my faith is rooted in the understanding that Jesus is the only way. And my goal, my call, my desire is to make sure everybody that knows me, that hears my voice, understands that Jesus is the only way. Unless you come through Him, you cannot come to the Father. In John 10, Jesus went so far to say, If anyone comes through any other door besides me, they are a thief and a robber. Amen. Well, Jesus, that's not very inclusive. 
this is not the, hear me. If I can say this and you'll hear me correctly. The gospel is for everyone, but it is not inclusive of everyone. It is exclusively for those who accept Jesus as their Savior. Amen. And if we are ashamed of that, then, then are we really His followers? Amen. Paul would stand up and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. So, Jesus makes a very strong statement here. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, this tells us a couple of things. It tells us that Jesus has prepared a way. Now, the word way there, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It, it is a pathway. It is a, it, it is a path. It is a road. It, it, is, it, it means a certain way to walk. Okay? Now, here's some things that hit me in this. There were some things that jumped out at me in these first six verses that I read to you. When Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, if my father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go, I'll prepare a place for you. Then if I go, I will come back to you. I will come to you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. First thing that jumped out at me was this. Christ only goes back. Because remember, I told you we're going to talk about no way back. Only a way forward. Christ only goes back for his own. And he, and he only goes back for his own to lead them onward and upward. He said, if I go, I will return. I'll come back. But he only comes back for those that he's going to lead onward and upward. Amen. Now, we, we, we're going to dig into that a little bit because you're going to have to catch where I'm taking you in, on this journey, and it'll become clear as we go along. There are three, three statements that I want to make to you tonight that we're going to look at a little bit. Number no, The first statement is this. Jesus, and you might want to write these down if you're taking notes. Jesus is always the way forward. He's always the way forward. Any person that is looking for a way forward in their life, Jesus is always the way forward. He is not the way backwards. He is the way forward. He comes back, but He takes us forward. Amen. He, because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But He is always the way forward for us. Amen. See, we're, we're always caught, if we're not careful, we get caught so often up in looking back. Well, if we could just get back. If we could just go, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. If we could just go back. You can't go back. Right? If you try to go back, you get stuck. Because there's no in going back. So, you, so back is a dead end. 
Amen. Turn to someone sitting around you and tell them, back is a dead end. There's no, there's no life going back. There, there's, there's no continuing in going back. Jesus did not come to lead us back. He comes to us to lead us forward. That's going to be important here in just a little bit. Let me, let me give you a couple of scriptures that came to my mind in that, in that thought. That Jesus is always the way forward. It makes a little more sense when we read Romans 8. When we understand this. When we read Romans 8 starting at verse 28. And, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He justified. Whom He justified, these He glorified. Why? Because He's always the way forward. He, he comes to us. He redeems our past. We'll get there in a moment. But He leads us forward. That's why, that's why when we read that, we can understand that all things work together for good to them who are called according to the Lord, that are the called according to His purpose, to those who love God, because He's always leading us forward. So anything in our past can be turned around for good as we go forward, walking in the way that is provided for us, the way forward, the way out. God was always leading people out. God was always leading people forward. God was always pressing people onward. God was always challenging people to look upward because He doesn't want us to return to a past. He wants us through Jesus to go forward. Always. So any time in your life that you find yourself stuck or stuck in your past or stuck in your present, and, and you just feel almost paralyzed, anytime that happens, go to Jesus. He's the way forward. Amen? He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And God's got a plan for us. And so if God has a plan for us, then we've got to walk with the one who is the way, who is the plan, and that is Jesus. Let me give you another scripture. John chapter 21. You remember Peter? He had denied Christ three times. You remember that? And, and Jesus had told him he would do it. And he said, oh, no, Lord, I'll die for you if I have to. Well, it wasn't long. Later on that night, by morning, he had denied Jesus three times, just as Jesus told him that he would. He went out. He had wept bitterly. Jesus had been buried. He had resurrected. He comes to them uh, by the sea. He's got... He's got fish ready for them when they come in. They, they come in and Jesus will begin to ask Peter, Peter, do you love me? Y'all remember, it's in John 21. You can, you can go read it at, at your time. It's John 21, verses 15 through 19. Peter, do you love me? And Peter would answer and say, Lord, you know I love you. And he would say, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. 
But then he tells him something. Most assuredly, in verse 18, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And then he ends by saying, follow me. Peter is restored for his failure by coming to Jesus who is the way forward. And Jesus does not focus on Peter's past. He focuses on Peter's future. Amen. Because he is the way forward. He is always the way forward. So don't come to him only only reflecting your past to him. Now deal with your past. Repent of your past. If, if sin is in your, you got to repent of it, turn it over to the Lord. But don't dwell there. Jesus wants to take you forward. Amen. He's always the way forward. He said, I am the way. So if he is the way, he is always the way forward. Second statement that I've come to tell you tonight out of this setting in John 14 and verse 6 where he said, I am the way. Truth in the life is this. He is the only way of connection with the Father and with the Father's plan. He is always the way forward, and He is the only way of connection. And that's what I was telling you just a little bit ago. There is no other way. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. In Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. He is the only way of connection. So, if you need to connect... To the Father, if you need to connect with His plan for your life, if you're struggling with knowing what to do, come to Jesus. Don't let your heart be troubled. If He did these things for you, He ascended up and sealed them upon high, then He's going to come again, and He is the way, the truth, and the life. So He will always lead you forward, so when you feel stuck in the past, or stuck even in your present, paralyzed there, then go to Jesus. Spend time in His presence. He's the way forward. And when you feel like you're disconnected, when you feel like things just don't seem to be making sense, you don't feel real connected to God's plan, Press into Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. If we would learn this, it's going to help us in our walk. Amen. How many realize everything we go through, the first step we need to take is to Jesus. Before you take any other step. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you have a question, before you ask your friend, your loved one, your trusted family member, go to Jesus. Go to the Word. If you get a bad report, before you receive that report, go to Jesus. Go to the Word. He's your way forward. Before you determine the path you're going to take forward in a direction, make sure you have processed it through the way, the truth and the life, Jesus and His Word. So when you're, when you're walking this walk, when you're living this life, it is vitally important that you always first go to Jesus. Learn that. 
Learn that, make that your priority because it is the most important concept that you can get before you try to work your way out of it, before you try to figure out all that it's going to mean, before you go by your feelings and, and what you think is right, and, and, and before you do any of that, go to Jesus, go to the Word, see what the Word says about it. How many know your feelings will deceive you? Well, Pastor. I just don't feel that's really that big of a deal. Well, have you asked Jesus about it? Well, yeah, I, I prayed about it, and I still don't feel like it's a big deal. But have you went to the Word about it? Because sometimes we ask a Jesus that is not the Jesus of the Word. We ask a Jesus, his opinion that's a Jesus of our own figment of imagination rather than the Christ of the Word, the Word of God that he reveals the will of the Father to us. So don't go by your feelings. Connect with God. We got a whole world right now. We got a whole culture right now of people who claim to be Christians that are more motivated, more moving by what they feel, what they think, than what the Word of God says. And they will argue with you. But I don't think that matters. Well, our opinion is not what we're after, including mine. If my opinion does not line up with Christ, I'm wrong. So you can try to sound as loving as you want when we live in a culture that has gone as, as mad as ours has and, and is trying to redefine everything that is not even redefinable, having to just come up with new terms to redefine just because people have in their mind they want to be this, they want to be that. And then you got a good portion of the church that's trying to argue, well, that we should just love. They have a right to do. Well, according to the Word, the Word is true. Jesus is clear. Our opinion no longer matters. You have a right to your opinion. But it doesn't mean you're right. Amen. You can stand out on the street corner and yell at every person that goes by that two plus two equals five. And you have a right to do that. But you are not right when you do that. Amen. Well, but I feel it's right. Well, you're wrong. And I think at some point we have to begin to tell a culture you have a right to be wrong, but you're still wrong. Because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Now, we do it in love, but we do it boldly. We don't back away from that. Don't get squishy on that. If the Word has declared it, be bold about it. Amen? Now, if... If, if the Word doesn't really deal with it, then you tread lightly. But if the Word is clear on it, you be bold about it. How I many know there are some things in our walk with the Lord that the Word is not completely clear on, that we have personal feelings about? Those things we need to tread very lightly with one another. That's, that's where you get into the Bible telling us you work out your own salvation. I've heard that many times, but most people don't like the last part of it. They kind of leave that part out. Well, the Bible says I need to work out my own salvation. But it also says with fear and with trembling. Amen. So, so that doesn't mean you're just free to believe whatever you want to believe. You've got to work it out through Jesus. 
with fear and trembling, understanding the Word of God is the judge. It is the, it is the discerner of hearts. A- amen. And so, so we need to understand that. And, and He is our only way of connection to the plan of the Father is through Jesus. And if you disagree with the Word, you have to make a decision. Do I press on in my thought? Or do I conform Trans, let my mind be transformed by the renewing of the Word of God, or, or do I just keep pressing in my own opinion? But the Bible also says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8 tells us, in being formed in the appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name with the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, every knee must bow. Every will must be brought into conformity to the fact that Jesus is the Lord of all creation. You will either bow before Him here and make Him your Lord, or you will bow before Him and recognize Him as Lord when it is too late and judgment has fallen upon you. But He's your only connection. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the third thing that I want to say to you, the third statement in John 14, 6 that hit me about that statement is He is the way that leads to the Father to full recovery. Jesus is the way to full recovery. You can delve as deeply in your own mind as you want. You can go as far back in your past as you want to. And all those are helpful at times. But Jesus is the only way to full recovery. Amen. He's the only way. If we we want full recovery, it's only going to come through Jesus Christ. Because He heals. He completes. He recovers. He came for that purpose. If you go read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 18 to 19, you know, we, we talk 2 Corinthians chapter 5 often. I, I quote the scripture often because I think it's so important. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But verse 18 and 19 says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Jesus is full recovery with the Father. He's the way. The full overcoming healing recovery process to the Father is only through Jesus. Do you know it was lost in the garden? So much so that God spoke to Satan 
And said there will be enmity between your seed and the woman's seed. Talking about Jesus. And you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And then he said to the man and the woman that he had created that had now fallen into sin, let us move them out of the garden unless they take of the tree of life and live forever in this state of fallen nature with no hope of return. And the plan then was Jesus would come and completely reconcile. If you find areas of your life that have not been recovered, that have not been fully recovered through God, go to Jesus. If there are areas in your life that have not been healed, if there's bitterness and anger and hurt that is unresolved, do you know you may never get the resolve you're looking for on this earth? You, if... If you're looking for resolve from people that hurt you, it may never come on this earth. But you can find full resolve, full recovery through Christ. So much so that you can forgive even the most heinous things because you can just release them to Christ. Amen. I know that's not popular today. But it's biblical. He can heal. He can, he can bring wholeness to your life and completeness to your life. Full recovery with the Father. He can put away your past no matter how hard it is. We've, we've got a world today that wants to be victims. Now there are a lot of victims in our world. There are a lot of people that have went through a lot of terrible things. But let me tell you as a child of God, you are no longer a victim. When you come to Christ, you have now been made victorious. And if you can't see that, all I know to tell you is, go to Jesus. Get in the Word and find out the victory that He has purchased for you. It's not based on a person. It's not based on their reaction. It's not based on acceptance of people. It's not based on your own feelings. It's based on what Christ has accomplished. Amen. He said, I am the way, truth, and the life. Okay, the scripture that I was, that, that I was, I shared with you briefly Sunday, and was, and, and didn't get fully into it, but in Jeremiah chapter 6, because then the question comes up, okay, pastor, if Jesus is the way, and you're saying that there is no way back, and only a way forward, what do you do with passages like Jeremiah 6 and 16? We were going to talk about that Sunday. Jeremiah 6, 16, he says, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Well, isn't that the Lord saying, you need to go back to the old way? Well, but let's, let's examine that, because the Lord doesn't lead us back. He only leads us forward. When he says this, he says, stand in the ways and see. Stand in the ways. Now, I don't know what your version says, but the New King James says, stand in the ways. Do you, do you see the plural there? Stand in the ways. Not in the way, in the ways. That means there's multiple ways. That means you're at a crossroads. 
He says, so stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. The old paths, there are the ancient paths. The paths that have led people out in the past. The the paths that have led people forward when it seemed to be no future would be ahead of them. The old paths, the paths of God, the plans of God. He said, ask for the old paths where the good way is. Amen. God was not asking them to take a trip backwards. He's saying get back on path and continue to walk forward. Amen. We're not, see, we, we can't go back. Some people get caught up in the idea of we can just go back to the glory days, the good old days. But you're not going back to the good old days. But what you can do is reconnect to the ancient paths that was good for them in the old days that's still good for us today, but it's going to lead us forward. Amen. It's the good way. A good way is a way that continues to lead you somewhere. Amen. Have you ever been on a road that led you nowhere? Right? You ever been on a road that you drove for a long and it just dead-ended to nowhere? Now, if you, it probably, if you were, you probably found a church of God at the end of that road. We, we were notorious for, for uh, building our churches on those roads that led nowhere in a lot of little cities around. When I was evangelizing, it was way before the days of uh, Google navigation and all that stuff. It was a long time ago. And uh, you'd just get out the old road map, and you'd get the address, and you'd just take off and, and go. And any time I ever got lost in a city I was evangelizing in, I knew if I could either find the railroad tracks or the, or the, or the most uh, remote dead end I could find, I was going to find the church I was going to preach at. But that's not, he's not saying, get, go back on a path and just travel off back to the path somewhere in the good old. No, he's saying, get in the ways, in the path, the good path that's going to lead you somewhere. Get out of the stuff that we're in and get back in the path that's going to take us in the right direction. And that path for us is only Jesus. So they're at a crossroads in Jeremiah. He says, ask for the ancient ways, and then the good way, and then walk in it. Go forward. Move. Keep pressing. The old paths lead forward to the Father. Hmm. Step back onto that old path that leads to a desired future. God didn't call us to walk backward on a path. But to reconnect, intersect, and walk forward. Now listen to this. And here's what I've, I've kind of worked to this point to say. And I'm just going to say this and then we're going to be done for tonight. I'll sum it up for you. And we'll be done. The adversary. I mean, no, we have an adversary. Satan. The devil. The adversary. The world system. And the culture we are living in strategically attempts to block the way back. And we'll say there is no way back. Amen. That's what the world's trying to do. That's what, that's what this culture's trying to do. That's what the adversary of the devil, he's trying to tell people, well, there's no way back. 
No way back. You can't come back. You've done too much. You've gone too far. They block the way back. That's what that's in their minds, what, what they think is happening, what your adversary is trying to do. But they forgot, or they don't realize, God always makes a way forward. I've come to say something to somebody and to us to maybe just encourage us a little bit. When the world system... The adversary of our soul, the culture in this world says, there is no way you're going back to that. We've shut you down. You can't go back to those things anymore. We've, we've driven a nail in that one. We've blocked the passage way back. You can't get back where they forgot the God we serve through Jesus Christ is always the way forward. So we're not looking to come back. We're looking to go forward. Amen. You need to start telling people that. People say, well, I just don't think I can get back. No, the world's blocked your way back. But Jesus will show you the way forward. Amen. Well, you've burned too many bridges. Well, He's made a way for you to walk, to reconnect with that good path that leads you forward. Go forward. Breakthrough and deliverance is not to go back, but to move forward. Healing is to move forward. Faith is forward-looking. Hope is forward-thinking. Peace quiets the past and eagerly anticipates a desired future. No wonder James says, patiently endure. Amen. Doesn't that seem like a, an oxymoron? Patiently endure. But you can patiently endure when you understand the Lord's leading us forward. So whatever I have to endure to go forward, I'm going with Him. And I can be patient and I can wait and I can follow Him and I can walk with Him. Because He always is leading me forward. I'll stop here. Exodus, they leave Egypt. They get out. Come to the Red Sea. The Red Sea's in front of them. They're stuck in a place. They're brought to a place where Migdal is on one side of them. The sea is on the other side. Migdal was a tower, a fortress, high ground. The barrier of the sea was in front of them. And the enemy thought he had them. He said, there's no way out of this. But what the enemy didn't realize is that God always has a way to move forward. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, and in your situations, and in your families, and in your life, and in whatever it is you're asking God for, there is God always has a way forward. And that way forward has a name. And the name of that way forward is a name above all names. That at the mention of that name, all others have to bow down and give honor to that name. In that name, demons are cast out. In that name... Hands can be laid upon the sick and they can recover. In that name, they can speak with new tongues. In that name, they can 
If they have to take up uh, serpents, they can. If they're attacked by serpents, they can take. In that name, if deadly things are forced down them to drink, He can heal them. That name is Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So anybody that hears this, whether online or you that are here tonight, anyone that hears this word, know this. The way forward from any area of your life, in anything you are facing, is in Jesus. You don't need anything else. I feel the spirit of R.W. Shambach. You don't need anything else. All you need is faith in God through Jesus. Amen? He's the way. He tells him that. And, and Philip, I'm, I'm sorry, Thomas says, but Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't, we don't see what you're doing. We're, we're, not, we're not following what you're trying to tell us. Isn't that like the church? Jesus is being plain and we're not following. And Thomas said, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, because you know me. If you need a way, know Jesus. Amen? If anyone you come up with against, to come up to, a friend, a family member, a, a co-worker, just an acquaintance, someone you bump into on the street and you have a conversation and you discover through conversation that they need a way. You point them to Jesus. He is the way. Amen. He is always the way forward. He is the only way of connection to God's plan. And He is the way that leads to full recovery. And when the enemy thinks he's got you where you can't ever get back, you remind him, but you forgot. My God doesn't try to lead me back. He leads me forward. Amen? Stand to your feet with me tonight. Walk with Him. Walk with Him. Go where He leads you. Have faith. Follow His Word. Let His Word be the hill that you die on. If you're going to stand on anything, stand on this Word. Amen? walk with Jesus let's pray Father we come to you tonight we thank you for our time together thank you for your word Father I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us to pay the price for sin to reconcile all who put faith in Jesus back into you Thank you for making a way where there seemed to be no way. Thank you for showing us that through Jesus, by your word, you always lead us forward. You give us the ability through him to connect to your plan and your purpose. And through him, you bring full recovery into lives. 
take us forward as we walk in Christ. And I ask it tonight for each one that's here and each one that would hear this. That we would rest in none other. We would find our hope in nothing else. That we would in times of trouble turn in no other direction. But we would be people who walk with Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.